This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland, and this is The Leader. They're still battling wildfires in Greece. Evacuations are ongoing on the island of Evia, where people are being removed by boat. In California, there's virtually nothing left of Greenville, an historic gold rush town that's been wiped out by blazes there. Closer to home, torrential rain brought more flooding to London at the weekend. The effects of climate change are becoming apparent for all to see. Now a new report is suggesting it's even worse than it looks. The report shows that in the next 20 years, global warming is expected to reach or exceed 1.5 degrees Celsius. Valerie Masson-Demotte is one of the scientists at the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, which has released the report. A 1.5 degrees Celsius increase is important because the amount of heat needed to hit that level is huge, and the consequences could be terrifying. Joining me now is one of the British contributors to the report, Dr Laura Wilcox, an associate professor in the meteorology department at Reading University. Dr Wilcox, a lot of people may have been looking at these headlines from this report and being quite scared by them. Is it, as an expert, a scary report? Yes. <laughs> um, as, as an expert, you, you know that these things are happening and you work on them every day. But seeing them, particularly condensed into the summary for policymakers, seeing them condensed just into 40 pages of you know, pretty difficult reading is, is really frightening. When you're contributing to something like this, I mean, I know you're not working entirely in isolation, but when you see it within the context of all those other scientists and researchers, how does that make you feel as, as a scientist? I mean, as a scientist, this is probably one of the biggest contributions I can make to fighting climate change. This report is, is a direct route to policy for us um, and normally when I'm when I'm doing science, I'm, I'm sitting in my office, I'm interested in the physics of the problem. Um, but the key thing to the science that we do is, is telling people about it and getting people to act on the results that we're finding. And, and this report is a fantastic way to do that. In terms of just the general public's reaction to this, I'm sure you've seen what lots of people have been saying. Uh, do you feel confident that people have got the message from this one? I think so. And I actually think that that people got the message from the last one. Um, I hope that the this one now is 
is so critical that it's going to be the one that spurs people to act. What to you is the most concerning element of, of this report? What are the, of the findings from this report? Well, there's, there's a lot of scary numbers in, in this report, but I think the most, the most frightening thing for me is that you know, we, we know what's causing climate change and we know what we need to do to avoid the worst. But when we're looking at projections of the future, the biggest uncertainty now is, is what we do. And as a physical scientist, people are really unpredictable. Um, so I think seeing how much difference that can make is the most frightening thing to me. And have you been looking at things like the situation in Greece with the wildfires there and going, yep, we're going to see more of this? Yes, absolutely. And if you look back just over the last couple of years, you think about headlines. We've seen Australian fires, American fires. We've seen flooding in Germany and China. Um, All of these things are things that are going to become more frequent and more intense and more likely due to climate change. So you contributed to chapter eight of this report, which is about the water cycle. Laura, how much trouble are we in in terms of water and, and, and of course, which is, of course, rain? Well, the water cycle is really interesting. Obviously, when we think about climate change, we think about global warming. And as you warm the globe, all the regions tend to warm with it um, at differing rates. And the water cycle doesn't do that. So we'd expect a warmer atmosphere to hold more water. Um, We'd expect to see an increase in global rainfall as the globe warms. But on a regional basis, you might see drying. So we see some regions get wetter and some regions that get drier. Um, And both of those impacts are very severe and and also very different. So what we do in, in our chapter is look at why local changes might be the way they are. Um, and how likely those are. And the other thing that's interesting about the water cycle in particular is it's very sensitive to competing influences of of different human emissions. So there's a big focus in the report that was released today about greenhouse gases and and keeping greenhouse gas emissions below a certain level to limit warming. Um, When we think about the water cycle, historically, we've also seen a big influence from particulate emissions um, that we call aerosol. Um, These are tiny particles of of solid or liquid, and these can cause a local cooling. And they've actually driven a lot of the big changes we've seen in the water cycle in the past. So the drought in North Africa in in the 1970s and 1980s was primarily the response to changes in these aerosol emissions. But thinking about projections, actually the main driver of these things is likely to change in, in the future. So we're doing a lot of work now to reduce emissions of aerosol. Um, So we're taking away that potential influence. So going into the future, greenhouse gases are going to become a more important driver of these things that historically have been responding more strongly to aerosol changes. And when we're looking at the changes that that are being brought about here, I mean, are these the sorts of things that are causing the huge rains and the heavy flooding in places like London recently? Yes, we think so. Obviously, with precipitation, there's, there's lots of drivers. So we have what we call a thermodynamic driver, which is something that's linked to temperature. So as the atmosphere gets warmer, it can hold more moisture, which means that you're, you're putting more moisture into these systems. So that rain can be heavier and more intense. We're also shifting circulation patterns. So the systems that might bring rain to a particular area. So we expect in future also to see potentially more instant, intense storms um, because the atmosphere is able to hold more water. And we think we're going to see these storms in different places as we move the circulation around as well. So how do we stop this damage to our planet? Is it possible to stop the damage? It's not beyond repair. There's certainly things we can do. We've left it a little bit late, so it's not going to be easy, but it's certainly possible. 
Um, if we can hit net zero CO2 emissions by 2050, we have a reasonable expectation that we can limit global warming to one and a half degrees, but they need to be big changes to CO2 now. We need big, strong, rapid, sustained reductions um, that are going to need a large degree of international cooperation to achieve. But it can be done. We're not quite past the point of no return yet. And we have the COP26 climate conference taking place in the UK in Glasgow later this year. I can imagine that's going to be, in some parts, quite a, a tense meeting of countries, isn't it? Yes. I mean, every every country has its own agenda. And one of the things that's interesting with climate change is you're often asking politicians to collaborate on something that is a longer term problem than their term in office. Um, so there's there's not always the incentive to get things done quickly if they're going to be painful. There's more on this at standard.co.uk. Follow our live blog to keep up with breaking news. That's the Leader Podcast. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.